Welcome to this special edition of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast in partnership with GeekDad.com. This is day two of our special coverage of Lego Masters Season 1, heading into the finale this Wednesday night, April 15th on Fox. Today we are continuing our coverage with an interview with design lead for the Lego group and Brickmaster judge Amy Corbett. But first of all, I want to thank you, Amy, for taking the time for joining me today. I imagine, I know I and I imagine most of our listeners simply know you as a Lego Masters judge. If you would, kind of fill in your background for us a little bit. Tell us about your interests, your passions, and the path that led you to expressing those interests and passions through your work with Lego. Oh, big question there. Yeah, we're starting easy, I know. <laughs> Um, yeah, so of course I'm a judge on Lego Masters and that's how most people know me, but my day job is actually as a designer and actually a design lead at the Lego Group where I run a team of very talented designers in creating new product lines and experiences using the Lego brick. Um, so I'm all about Lego all the time at the moment and about being creative and new ideas and how we can use it and bring play experiences to both children and adults. Um, I've always been creative, loved making and designing things and I think I knew from quite a young age that I wanted to be a designer of some sort um, which led me to study product design engineering at university and every time we got an assignment I always managed to twist it somehow that I could create a toy or at least some fun and playful um, design for, for kids or families. So it was definitely from um, during studying that that I said toys is what I want to do. I want to be a designer who makes fun things and, you know, people have fun with whatever I've created. Um, so as I graduated, I said Lego is where I want to be there I'm like the most fun company. They make the best toys. I love Lego and I um, got a job there seven years ago. So I've been seven years working as a designer at Lego um, and I really love it. I go to work every day excited for the day um, excited for what I will create. And yeah, <laughs> does that good. kind of answer your question? Absolutely. And you were uh, involved with the Lego Friends line, the Lego Dots line, those types of things. Yes. Yes, the most recent one. I, I started off in Lego Friends. I worked there for a while. I worked a little bit in Lego Movie 2. I worked on Lego Disney. And then most recently, um, Lego Dots from, from very early stages to launching the product recently. It was a really exciting project to work on. Very good. Well, we see you on television every week. Tell us, what else are you responsible for, either officially or unofficially, behind the scenes, the things that we don't see on television? In Lego Masters? Yes. Yeah, so of course our main job is being the judges. Right. Um, where we set set the challenges at the beginning and then judge the builds that the teams have created. But what you don't see on camera is that we spend a lot of time checking in with the teams throughout the build and see where their heads are, what their ideas are, and to give them some coaching and how they can make their builds even better, what techniques they can use, um, and how they can, yeah, how they can push their builds to the next level and make it something truly amazing. And I think that was one of the 
best parts for me actually is uh, working with the teams and coaching them and seeing them grow uh, with every challenge every week. Uh, we also give input to the challenges, of course. What actually are we looking for from the contestants? Um, what are we gonna? What what skills are we going to be pushing um, them on each time? Um, we have input on what bricks they have available, uh, what builds we'll have each episode in the the scenery to launch the the challenges. Um, lots of behind the scenes things as well as um, actually the judging. So there's a lot of things that happen off camera as well um, that feed into the show. Talk a little bit about that because Lego Masters as a series has grown and evolved from the first season in the UK to what we're seeing here in the States, what's coming up around the globe. Do the different production teams, I assume they're different production teams, do they speak and collaborate, share maybe what worked and what didn't work as well as they had hoped on one series, share challenge ideas, things like that? Yes, there's a very close collaboration and there is always um, a link into the, the very first team that started out with the show in the UK. Um, and there's also really looking each time either behind the scenes but also on camera what challenges have worked well and um, what has pushed our builders to try new things, what has come across well on camera. So we have a lot of reflection on what worked well and how we can make things better every time um, and keep the element of surprise in there as well. We don't want to do things exactly the same each time. Right. How much of production would you say is fairly buttoned up and how much is decided and improvised once you're on set, once the builds begin, maybe even changing things up along the way from day to day? Um, what's kind of the, the workflow? Is it pretty rigid or does it kind of flow a little bit? Um, have you ever been on set on a production before? Yes, but not on Legos. Thanks. <laughs> Things are things are generally. I'm sure you find this quite flexible and fluid, and um, you you kind of learn as you go. And this was the first time that we made the show in the US, so of course we were learning a lot as we went along. Uh, um, and you're learning also in the teams that are there and the timings you set and um, how you're going to get what you need for the show to make the best show and to have the best competition. So there was a lot of learning as we go. Um, the night before the challenge we would always reassess you know is the timing right exactly what are we looking for do we need to make any tweaks um before we launch it we didn't do a lot of changing of the challenges we didn't change the challenges as we went along we we set the challenge but it was a challenge by challenge we would adapt um to make sure it was right for for what we were looking for and um yeah so there was a bit of there was a lot of flexibility there was a lot of learning um, and of course, we had to make sure you, you never know what bricks the teams will use. Right. So in one challenge, they would maybe use all of our supply of one brick that we thought people would potentially never touch. So we had to quickly restock some bricks as well, depending on what was used. Um, so there was there was a degree of flexibility, definitely. Talk about that a little bit. Did I've heard stories that there almost became a under underground black market on ball joints in particular. <laughs> is that <laughs> is that a true statement? Is, do they have their own kind of economy on set? <laughs> How did that work? Uh, that that rumor may have some truth to it. Okay. Um, I think we of course we try and guess 
we try and set that they have as many options of bricks as possible. But there's so many different Lego bricks that exist and to have them, every single option there in unlimited supplies is extremely challenging. And we did find on some challenges um, that there would be one particular piece that was in hot demand. I think especially as you saw someone else using it, it maybe inspired the builders when they saw someone building a certain way, they thought, actually, I can use that piece. Um, and one of those pieces was the ball drawing where there was some um, issues when people couldn't, couldn't get it. But one of the beauties of the Lego system is that you can always find a way of building what you want as the end result out of other parts. And that was actually really amazing to see from the team. So in that challenge, when the ball joints were maybe much sought after, then the team who didn't have enough ball joints would just adapt their build and their technique so that they worked around it. And um, that's one of the things I love the most about Lego and was really amazing to see the builders. Well, let's talk a little bit about the contestants. Talk about kind of the balance between you know, the casting of what I would say relative unknowns versus maybe fan favorites from the Lego builder community that already have an established a following. Um, talk to us a little bit about putting this group of competitors together. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't so involved in the casting. Right. I will just give us a disclaimer. There was um, quite a lot. Of, there were some other creatives from Lego who were more involved in the casting than me. Um, but it was really important to bring a diverse group with lots of different skills, lots of different backgrounds, lots of different ways of building, because I think you could really see um, in the contestants, some are really technical builders, some are very creative builders, um, some haven't actually built very much, and there's a less experienced builder with a more experienced builder, and we really wanted to bring that diversity to showcase the magic of what you can create with Lego. And also that it is something for everyone, that everyone can build with it and, and make magic just in different ways. So we also have some, you know, artists in there who who approach Lego in a very different um, way to the people who are the more hardcore fan builders. Um, and I think that balance is something that really makes for captivating viewing um, and at home. Absolutely. It's appeared that the eliminations have become more emotional as the season progressed. Um, discuss a little bit. I know you have to remain professional as a judge, but discuss your connection with and relationship to the participants before, during, and maybe even after the filming. Yeah, I mean, I think this was uh, something that surprised both Jamie and us uh, in the process. I don't think I ever thought before we started, and when I watched sitting at home on the sofa, watched other shows where there was judges or even Lego Masters. I don't think I realized how difficult it would be to to say goodbye to teams. Um, and of course, as a judge, you you want to remain impartial. And, and we did, you know, have this, this distance from the builders, but you are there really long days. You are checking in with the teams all the time. You are coaching them and how they can get better. And you do get to know the teams. And especially you see the passion and energy and drive that they have, the love of Lego and how much they want uh, to win the competition. And so it does get harder week on week to say, sorry, this is your time's up in the competition. Um, 
you have to go home. Oh, I get even emotional just thinking about it. Um, yeah, because it's people. And um, when you're there face to face, then you the human side of you, I think, really comes out in delivering that bad news because everybody wants to win. But also there's this family dynamic where they just want to be there, actually. They just want to stay there and keep building. There was a couple of contestants that were eliminated and they were like, cool, that's fine. We get it, but can we just stay and hang out and, and keep building right. behind the scenes? Because they just want to be a part of it. Well, I know I and my family uh, have particularly enjoyed the informational, educational little how-to vignettes that run throughout the shows. How is it decided which kind of tutorial vignette is going to be featured with each episode? Do you decide that ahead of time when you put the challenges together, or does it kind of flow off of the builds that you're seeing come together? Yeah, so I think this is one of the the cases that links to your earlier question, where it was kind of as we go. Um, we would try and think each challenge, what's kind of interesting brick tips to give or things to talk about, but it very much depended on what the builders were actually doing. Um, so we were very much inspired by seeing what the teams were doing and how we could actually explain uh, to the viewers at home so they could understand that technique. And I think that was one of the challenges for Jamie and I actually in general in judging. Of course, we're used to being amongst lots of other Lego designers um, in our own little bubble. And then we're suddenly critiquing and talking about Lego builds to a totally different audience who maybe doesn't know the terms that we use. So it was really good um, to point out some of those terms so that then Jamie and I could continue to use them as the show went on and, and talk more naturally and normally as we would. One of the great things about Lego Masters, kind of building off of that, has been watching the number of folks inspired by the various challenges and trying their hand at some of them and posting them online. It's a lot of fun to look through people's photos of their own home builds. Um, for those who are maybe looking to take their building to the next level, what are some of the maybe the fundamental challenges or the techniques that they could be working on to master at home, such as you know building a sphere, some of those types of things? So first of all, I would love, I have to say that I love seeing people's builds at home. I think that is one of the most magical things about the show for me is that it has inspired so many people to build, whether they're young or old, whether they've built before or not. There's some people saying they've picked up Lego bricks for the first time in 30, 40 years. And I think that's really great. And um, if you're looking to get better... I think one of the best things you can do is get your hands on the bricks as much as possible. Um, and it's great actually to get your friends or family, especially at this time, to set you a little challenge to do so that you're actually not deciding what you're built, mm -hmm. but they're um, giving you a little challenge. I think that's a really fun way to push your building skills. And you can find a lot of tutorials online, actually, things like building a sphere, greebling, um, how you can make big strong structures and um, you can find a lot of different information online and just follow along the tutorial but probably I would say the best way you can really learn is actually following the instructions it may sound surprising but if you build along with sets at home and follow the instructions or even look up some of the instructions online if you don't want to buy the set and um, you can see how the Lego designers that I work with have solved lots of problems. And I think that's a great way of improving your techniques and, 
I'm being inspired of how you can solve different challenges with the bricks. Very good. What is the one thing that you hope that viewers take away from this series? I, I hope that they're inspired to create themselves, actually. Whether it's with Lego bricks or with other mediums, I hope that people at home come away from watching the show inspired to be creative themselves Very by good. seeing such amazing creations come to life on the television through something so simple as a, as a Lego brick. Well, we started with a small, easy question. <laughs> I'm going to end with another small, easy question. And if you don't have an answer right away, that's okay. It's fine. I, I always like to ask this question that'll give people an opportunity to talk about it. I know you've done a lot of press, given a lot of talks over the years. What's something that either you've not been asked or not had the opportunity to discuss that you'd really hope someone would ask you or give you a platform to talk about because either you've got a really great story or it's something that's really close to your heart? Oh, that is, that's a huge question, huh? On the spot. Yeah. Hmm. It's a real test of my quick fire thinking. Um... I don't know. Can you give me some hints of what other people have said to inspire me? <laughs> well, here's the problem. I had one person that I interviewed say, you need to ask this question in every interview because everybody's got this story. And I think that's the only person that actually came with a story. No one else has had a story since, but I always like to ask it just in case. Oh, now I'm going to have it one prep for every interview I do in the future. <laughs> um, oh, something no one's asked me. What was my, no one's asked me what was my favorite part of making Lego Masters, actually. What was your favorite part? I don't think anyone's asked me that. And now I've put myself in a difficult question. Um, I think my favorite part was actually, like you guys at home, I guess, was watching the teams of builders come up with their ideas, watching their process and mm -hmm. seeing how they went from a challenge that seemed sometimes impossible or had so many different directions you could take um, to an idea and then eventually to a finished build. And I would be lying if I said I wasn't blown away many times by what they created that was way above my expectations or what my imagination had um, thought of for those challenges. So I think the, the builders and the inspiration they gave to me were the best part of the show for me. Very good. Again, Amy, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, we are looking forward to the season finale later on this week. Thank you so much. Me too. No, great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks one more time to Amy for joining us. Be sure to come back tomorrow for day three, the finale of our Lego Masters coverage. We'll be talking with one of the pairs of finalists, Tyler and Amy. We'll catch you back here for tomorrow for that. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you then. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.